Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. As we think about our careers and the organizations that we lead, I think all of us want to finish well. Well, our guest today is a very special guest, and he is indeed finishing well. His name is Peter Chacha. He's the globally respected race director of the TCS New York City Marathon and president of events at the New York Roadrunners. And he has announced that he's going to retire following this year's New York City Marathon. And he is my guest today. Just a little bit about the New York Roadrunners. In 2018, they're celebrating actually 60 years of helping and inspiring people through running. So since 1958, the New York Roadrunners has grown from a local running club to the world's premier community running organization. And the Roadrunners' commitment to New York City's five boroughs features races, community events, free youth running initiatives, and school programs, as well as, of course, the premier event, the, the New York City Marathon. It's the largest marathon in the world, by the way. And it's held annual on the first Sunday in November. And the race features 50,000 runners from the world's top professional athletes to a vast range of competitive, recreational, and charity runners. Well, we have Peter Chacha calling in from New York today. He's the globally respected race director of the TCS New York City Marathon and president of events at the New York Roadrunners. And he's announced that he's going to retire following this year's New York City Marathon this fall. Um, Peter, so good to have you on the show. And you have quite a history there at all you've done there in New York. Oh, hey, thanks for having me, Rob. This is great. And uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Be able to talk to your listeners. Oh, this is exciting to hear a little bit more about your story. So take us back, Peter, to when you first started with the New York Roadrunners. What motivated you to start with them in the first place? And what was your vision of what it would become once you became its leader? Um, Yeah, I think, you know, New York Roadrunners, I I had been a member of of the organization, well, of the club. It was a club, actually, um, before I actually started working here. And I ran a lot of the races and, you know, a runner myself, and um, you know, kind of, kind of just uh, you know, kept up with things that were going on at the um, at at the organization, and uh, it just came across uh, in time. I came across. I had a, a, a little break in my career, my my own careers, and uh, came across uh, a um, a posting. I think it was on their website. Uh, you know, they were looking for a little help here and there, and. I wasn't really looking for a full-time job, to be honest with you. Uh, I was between things, and I just wanted to fill my time. Um, really started volunteering. I volunteered with the uh, Roadrunners um, before I actually started working here. I, 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 my 2001 is the, the year I started, uh, you know, started here. Uh, but I volunteered with the Roadrunners uh, uh, before that. And kind of got to know a little bit about the organization that way uh slightly and but saw that um the, it was it was really a grassroots really really a grassroots club and 
Dude, they were they were doing good things, great things then too, and uh, putting on the marathon and all of that. And I've run the marathon, the the New York City Marathon, a couple times before um, before I started working. When I started in 2001, I was still uh, training for the marathon, the 2001 marathon. That's actually the last um, New York Roadrunners marathon that I ran. You know, the last uh, New York City marathon I ran. Um, but while I was running that. Um, you know, I was observing uh, some of the uh, things that were going on unfolding in front of front of me, and and what what happened in that race actually was um, kind of key to some of the things that you know I brought to the organization when I started producing the race. Um, the the um, field was uh, because it was 9/11, and we all know that what what happened to the city and at that point in time, which was terrible. Um, the, a lot of the uh, international runners didn't come in to run. So the field at that time was, um, it, it, it lost, uh, you know, maybe 10,000 runners or something like that. Uh, instead of being somewhere in the 30s, you know, uh, it was maybe 20,000 and change, you know, um, that that came out and ran the race. But what that did is it affected the way the race, um, the flow of the race on the course. And Already running uh, the uh, New York City Marathon a few years prior, um, that's, that's one of the things that stuck in my head was the flow on the course wasn't exactly um, something that was, you know, uh, was uh, uh, as, as, you know, good to really get a, a great pace going because there were a lot of there were a couple choke points on the course and I kind of noticed that when I was running and you know just kept that in the back of my head but in 2001 because the race was thinned out I was able to run a pace that was uh, pretty quick and always kept that um, as I came to uh, producing races always kept that in mind and that's one of the I, um, one of the things on on, on on putting together the wave starts that's where the idea of putting together wave starts for the marathon came from because of um because of that uh um reduction in the number of people allowed the flow to to move quickly uh along the course without without hitting a choke point um so that's you know again that allowed me as i i started bringing in the waves allowed us to grow the race to become the biggest uh, uh marathon in the world you know that's just one of the operational changes that we made um, here in in at New York Roadrunners. All right, it's obviously you've made some great changes already. Now let's talk a little bit more personally. You were born and raised in the Bronx. New York is your home. I mean, it's your community. And for 18 years, you have served as the chief production officer at the New York Roadrunners and technical director of the New York City Marathon, of course. Prior to becoming the race director uh, back in 2015. Um, in many ways, what I've read about you is that you've become inseparable with the New York City racing community. Uh, what would you say is the key to your success? Um, I think the um, it starts with the passion that I have for the running community. That's that's what it's all built off of. Um, you know, I, I, yes, uh, you know, I, I, yes, I was, um, you know, a, a runner before, and I loved uh, competing. Um, but getting into um, producing the events um, and working with the t- great team here, um, we always approached it and uh, from that end that the, there had to be passion from from the production side, passion from 
what we wanted to deliver to the runners. And, um, you know, from the first to the last, I want everybody to have a great time. You know, uh, I will stand at the finish line and wait for the last finisher to come through. Uh, we It's a celebration to me. And that, that passion runs deep because I was a runner and I, I used to finish races. And, I you know, I, I would love to celebrate at the, at the you know, when I crossed the finish line if there was friends there to meet me or, you know, whatever. And, and I think that goes a long way. So probably um, I, I would say I, I would say from, from building this successful uh, team here and building what we deliver, um, it's all about that passion. I love that. Passion is so critical for leadership in any role. And so um, well done. Sounds like you've done that well. And I've also learned that personally you've helped the Roadrunners mission-focused community impact on the New York City uh, running community through implementing this, what you have called the Open Run, which is a free community-based running and walking program. And it's a -a one-of-a-kind free training program for youth wheelchair racing, which I think is really cool. Um, Most of my listeners, you know, are part of the nonprofit sector in some uh, capacity. Talk more about the Open Run. This sounds fascinating. Why is it so important to you and, and to the New York community as a whole? Well, you know, New York Roadrunners, we're, we're, we're um, a community-based running organization, 365 days a year. That's what we do. I mean, we, have, we service the community with our, our um, free programming in the schools throughout the, throughout the, cities, uh, the city. I think we, we've got eight, almost 800 schools where we, we're involved with, uh, you know, close to 200,000 kids that are running in our free programs um, here in, in nationally and, and, and in the city as well. Um, and the open run came about because it, we wanted to get out into the underserved communities around the city, around the five boroughs. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, it's great. We, have, we put on races every weekend, and the races are not small. You know, there's usually 5,000 people in the smallest race. And sometimes some people might feel intimidated about that word race. And, and you know, they we wanted to um, give them an opportunity to at least get out there, get fit, start to move. And, and whether they wanted to join one of our races in Central Park or in uh, one of the other bigger, you know, bigger races in the other parks, that would be great. And if they didn't, we still wanted them to get fit. And we wanted to bring this to the... Uh, you know, outside uh, outside the sphere of, you know, Central Park and Prospect Park. So we started this open run, which is really a community-driven, community-led program. We go and we turn over the keys to the community to let them run this thing on, on, on their own once we show them what to do. And But we go out there and we support it every week anyway. We have a great team that goes around. In all the five boroughs, right now we have, we're in 16 parks around the city um, in all the five boroughs. And there's 20,000-plus um, folks taking advantage of this. And these are free weekly runs. These are not like, um, you know, once a month. So we're giving people an opportunity to come out, uh, most importantly, get healthy and fit. And you don't need to be a runner. You could come out and walk. You could come out and walk with your, you know, your, your, um, your, your family. You bring your strollers, your loved ones. We just want to be, um, you know, our mission is to get, uh, give everybody the opportunity to um, get themselves fit through running. And, and I think it also helps break down the barrier between, yeah, gee, I don't know if I could do that. And look at me, I can do it. Because most of these 
um, our, our open runs are set up in in about a 5k distance. Some are some are a little less, but that's really an achievement uh, for individuals that are just getting out there. You know, if they practice at it long enough, and we've, we're starting to see this. You know, from uh, going from an open run and coming into one of our um, you know bigger runs. So it's really exciting. Hey, everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you were aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. Now, I also want to make sure you knew about a new feature. Um, We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you'll see the latest uh, podcast shows. It will be actually sent right to your inbox, and that way you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Well, I love your emphasis to make sure that this is open to all, really. You know, it's not just for the elite or those who can afford, you know, race fees, but you're opening up to the entire community. I think that's a fantastic legacy that you've created there. Now, another thing under your leadership focus areas has been the effort to address the doping issue and root it out of the sport. Um, you know, you think about the Olympics and, and, of course, pro sports and whatnot, but certainly in the running world, I'm sure that's an issue. And you started the Run Clean Initiative and help, have helped grow the Abbott World Marathon majors into the preeminent marathon organization on earth, which is amazing. Uh, why is this emphasis on creating awareness around the doping issue so important to you personally? Well, you know, I think um, we've 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 read a lot and heard a lot about what's going on in sport, you know, um, and it's not it's not just running; it's across all sports, you know. And I think, but but um, focusing on focusing on um, you know the running, for example, um, New York Road Owners has always been on the forefront of of anti-doping, you know, for all the years that we've been putting on the marathon and. You know, we've tested at the marathon, out of competition testing, and, and you know, when the, when the athletes arrive as well. Uh, we expanded that program through, a part, through our partnership with the Abbott World Marathon Majors. And the Abbott World Marathon Majors consists of um, the six major uh, marathons around the world. It's ourselves. You have Boston, Chicago, London, Tokyo, and um, Berlin. So <laughs> I'm always tracking on one, um, but but that's that's uh, you know, and we get together, uh, the the six race directors get together, and we talk about the issues at hand, and you know, the sport uh, from a running standpoint, you know, from a business standpoint, if you look at it from a business standpoint, you don't want your uh, winner of your marathon uh, to be found to be a doper, you know, and that's that's not a good thing for your brand, and. In the sport in a whole, you know, you want to clean that sport up because like biking, like cycling had so many problems, you know, the sponsors start to ask, you know, questions about like, am I really going to invest my money into a, uh, an organization or a sport that has all this negative, um, you know, uh, stuff going on? So, you know, that was part of it. But mostly for me and why I got, uh, you know, ramped it up with the Run Clean initiative is I, I actually think that 
Many of the athletes are just not educated. Um, they don't know what they're putting in their bodies. Um, and this goes back to even before, you know, um, I was running here. You know, I saw this happen with young kids in high school, um, you know, playing football and trying to muscle up uh, by taking steroids and then winding up, uh, you know, getting really uh, sick or ill or, you know, even dying from it. Um, and that was very, you know, very disturbing to me. So, uh, you know, I always carried that along with me. And when we had the opportunity to really build the Run Clean initiative, I wanted to do that. We have a very um, competitive local running scene here in New York. In, aside from the professional runners that come in from all over the world and race for the uh, title uh, at the marathon and all our other uh, professional races, uh, we still have the local competitors are just as, as uh, you know, competition there is really, uh, you know, uh, fierce. Yeah, and they're competing for some prize money, and they're competing for, you know, bragging rights. And, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that testing was taken down another level. So everybody would understand how important it is that the sport has to be clean. And, you know, I have not, uh, you know, the the, the uh, support of this from across the uh the professional community and and the local competitive community has been so positive and you know they're really welcoming it and they're becoming advocates of this you know so we get them to talk about it we get them to actually um act upon it you know bringing in other uh, other athletes and and talking to them and making sure they're surrounding themselves with the right people but really i go back to the education piece because Ed, the education piece is key for even the younger kids in the schools. We we bring our professional athletes into the schools, you know, when they're here around the marathon and other events. Um, we introduce the young kids to the, um, the professionals. We have our, our run with champions during race week, and uh, the young kids could come out and run and get medals from the um, uh, athletes. Some of the professionals run with the kids. You know, they're setting an example. The the, um, the professional uh, athletes are setting an example. And I want those kids to look up and be able to see a good example being set, you know. Um, as far as the education piece goes, you know, there's certain, uh, um, you know, more information has to be put out. Uh, certainly we have a great partnership with um, the United States Anti-Doping Association, you know, USADA, and the IAAF and the governing bodies, we have a fantastic relationship with them. The USADA, actually, we've partnered with. And they come in and do education sessions every time we have a professional race. So all our professional runners and our, what we call our local um, elites have to take this education session. Otherwise, they're not allowed to run in our races. So this is starting to, you know, um, the tentacles are, are starting to get out there even more by doing this. Education is key because some of some of the athletes don't even understand the supplement business and what they're putting in their bodies, and they have to understand that because sometimes the supplements are on a banned uh, drug list, and you know they, if it's on a banned drug list and it turns up in a doping test, they can be you know penalized for that, and they might not even be doing this, you know. Uh, other than just thinking that they're taking something healthy, but um, and then there's then there's the other side of it where where um, 
you know, uh, there's doctors that are not not uh, um, playing up by the board, you know, and and doing things that are not great. And I want um, the the young athletes to understand that um, they don't they shouldn't go that way. You know, they need to stay straight on this. And and I think the um, as I said before, the professional running community is so much behind this. So it's good to see. Um, and we, but there's more work to be done. There's a lot more work to be done, and 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 you know, more more voices have to come together to talk about it. Well, I so appreciate your courage to kind of face this issue head on and really offer some leadership. Through you have a really big platform, you know, with what you do, and that kind of leads me to the next question: Is as you think about retirement, as you've mentioned, you've announced that now. Uh, what do you want people to remember about you and your leadership? Um, I go back to the, I go back to what I said earlier um, about the passion that I have. Um, I have the passion for our, our runners, but I also have that passion for our staff and and what we do for the staff. And the, you know, I always feel that a, a good leader leads by example. Um, I have a great team here at New York Roadrunners. We work very very hard. Um, at putting on these events. They're not easy to do by no means. And the events are the uh, foundation of our business. Everything is built off of the events. So, you know, those events have to be, in my view, have to be um, excellent in terms of operations. It has to be excellent in terms of, uh, you know, a spectacle and building a show and, and bringing something special to the people that are paying money to come and run in our events, um, but you know. I, so what I will do is sit with all the teams. I'm I'm not afraid of getting into the trenches with the teams. I think that's a good way to uh, show leadership. I've I've never um, uh, um, stepped aside from doing that, and and I love it. Um, I think the the most important asset to a company is um, the staff is the people that you have working for you. So you have to make sure that um, you're giving them the opportunity um, to to grow in your organization, to challenge them uh, with with the right kind of, uh, um, you know, projects and things that are going to stimulate them and make them want to work uh, harder or make them want to really develop more, um, give them opportunities to um, meet people, uh, in the industry, uh, you know, because that's a big deal for for uh, especially young um, young folks that are coming up out of college, and you know that's that's part of it. Um, we we have a great organization now. We have a great HR um, um, office here, and we make sure that we bring in people that are a great fit. And you know, I think once they're in, um, you know, they understand what it's about to be. Uh, part of New York Roadrunners. Well, that's wonderful. And uh, I heard that you just turned 65. And as we mentioned before, you're moving into retirement. What's next for you? Like, what's the next chapter or bring to you? Well, you know, the, Rob, the, uh, there's a world out there. Uh, when you hit 65, you find out there's a world out there that has um, a whole world of uh, senior discounts that you could take advantage of, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, uh, you know, I'm only kidding, but go to the movies three times a day for five bucks, I don't know. Now, in in, in reality, um, you know, 18 years of, of um, working here, it was my passion, and, and, and you know, I loved, I loved doing this. Um, 
I think it's time for me to catch up on some things that I put on hold uh, for for uh, those 18 years, and some of that is to um, um, reconnect with some family. I have family, you know, in different places, um, and also uh, do some traveling and, you know, take some me time. You know, I, I think that that's important now uh, for for me to, to um, you know, pull back and just relax a little bit and also, um, you know, get back into some of the things that, you know, I had to put on hold, like also like running. Uh, you know, I've, I, although I run and I keep in shape and I love I love my uh, workouts, um, I miss training for a marathon and some of the other events I used to train for. So that might be on on the uh, um, the horizon um, for me. But I think you know it's it's going to be interesting. I never retired, so this is going to be an adventure for sure. Well, I have a feeling, yeah, you're going to find some new adventures and, and you're going to, you've got a lot of energy still and uh, it'll be exciting to see what your next chapter looks like. Well, again, my guest today is Peter Chacha, the globally respected race director of the TCS New York City Marathon and president of events at the New York-based Roadrunners. He has announced he's going to retire following this uh, this year's it's marathon. And so we're so glad to have Peter on the show to talk a little bit about his legacy and his leadership. Now, Peter, for my listeners, if they want to find out more about you and your legacy, as well as the New York Roadrunners, where would you send them? Um, yeah, you know, I think if they want to find anything out about what I've done here, they can come right to our our um, website, and you know, there's plenty of information. Uh, you know, our, our our media team here has you know populated so much stuff about me; it's crazy. But you know, y- you could look at it, and I, and I think you know, if I, I just want to cl- you know um, close by saying. My my thing here is it's not just me really. It's a, an entire organization and an entire team um, that that makes this happen. And you know I've just been privileged and honored to be able to be in the position I am and be able to work with these great people. Um, most mostly you know it, the the what I'd like to leave behind is what we've what what I've been doing for many many years is called our final finisher, and that's sort of celebrating uh, from the first runner to the last runner and really those final finishers, celebrating their achievements when they come through. And uh, we're going to have a unbelievable celebration at the um, at the marathon uh, this year. Um, it's that final finisher uh, that's uh, when, that, when that person comes through. I hand the baton of race director off to uh, Jim Heim, who is my technical director, and has been with me for 11 years. And um, I, I will give a nod of credit to Jim because uh, yeah, lots of things that we put in motion that I had vision and wanted to do, Jim really made happen. And um, he's, a, he's well-deserving of, of this next step in his career as well. That's fantastic. Well, Peter, thank you again for being on the show today. Best of luck for this uh, last hurrah for you, and I hope it goes really well. Uh, thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody out there. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.